Hello and welcome to Better Construction with Sean McStay, the podcast where we discuss design and construction techniques, products, and details that lead to a better built environment. All right, and welcome to this week's episode of Better Construction. This week, I am very pleased to have with me Sean Murphy. Sean is a project coordinator and carpenter and jack-of-all-trades with Hollyhock Construction, uh, also well-known on Instagram, have quite a large following on there. So, Sean, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. Really uh, excited to be here and talk to everybody and share my experience. Yeah, no, I'm excited to learn about it, both obviously on the construction side, but also on the social media side. Uh, before we jump into all of that, though, maybe you can do a quick intro for anyone who doesn't know you yet. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, my name is Sean. Um, we are a general contracting company in Winnipeg. So the company I started in 2011, 12, so almost 10 years ago with my family, uh, actually my mom, my dad, and uh, we started mainly with residential construction. So we, we, that was our foundation. We would build spec homes from the start all the way to completion, uh, either for clients or for ourselves. And, uh, and that's really how we got started. I mean, that's my experience in construction in, let's say, the public environment. Um, but before that, I mean, our history in construction and building goes way back to my grandpa, Ukrainian immigrant from northern Manitoba and Ethelbert. He uh, was a home builder. Um, so I come from technically three lines of, of home builders. So building is like in my blood. I think a lot of people can relate to that when, when they're a carpenter or a general contractor, it's usually within family and that's, we're pretty typical in that, in that sense. So it's, uh, it's ingrained in my, in my body and my blood just as much as, uh, it is to, to build. So, yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. Uh, I always ask my guests, like growing up, uh, you said obviously it's in your blood and it's, you have a family history of it, but did you always plan to get into the trades, into construction, or kind of what was the plan when you were younger? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Uh, not really. I mean, building was always my my forte. I mean, I was asking for soldering irons when I was eight years old. <laughs> like, who, who wants a soldering iron and bottle rockets and blowing stuff up and taking things apart? So I was always with my hands, working, trying to understand how things worked. It was just a passion to know the the nitty gritty and then to just construct things. So I was making, uh, I remember I had a science fair project. I actually built a motor when I was like nine years old for one of my elementary projects. I, Dad, I want to build a motor. How does this work? Okay, let's go get one. Take it apart, take some copper, wrap it around, made a motor. And that's kind of where I come from. So, but construction, no, it actually, it's interesting. That never really was let's say my career path, uh, going through, going through life. I didn't think I'm going to be a carpenter. My background actually comes from technology. My first trade you could say is it. I actually did a dual diploma in high school in it. And I actually had a company where I designed and built uh, computers and sold and serviced them for most of my university career where I did a four year BBA in business admin. And, uh, through that, I realized I didn't really like computers as much as I thought I hoped and dreamed of because they're consumable and every 12 year old can fix a computer and I just didn't want to be part of that. And then I bought my first house when I was about 18, renovated it through university. And from that point, I realized, yeah, computers building, uh, I'd rather build. And there was kind of a point, I guess that's when I said officially to my parents, I said, let's build, let's become builders and let's take that route. So I finished my my university degree, have my BBA, and we started 
renovating for ourselves and for customers and then building. Um, and then during that period, I actually went back to college and did a, a civil engineering technologist uh, diploma. And, um, and then through that, we've had a bunch of Red Seal carpenters that work with us. And I'm currently challenging the Red Seal exam. And just during COVID, it's quite difficult to get that scheduled, but that's my current path. So it comes from an IT background to a construction background, which if you think about it, construction is very technical. Uh, it has a lot of relatable correlations to technology in my mind. If you're building a computer, all the systems involved and how it's integrated and its performance really at the end of the day is kind of like a house. And I use that example kind of jokingly with our, our carpenters, but if you want to put a really good performing insulation in, it's just like a computer. You want to put a good CPU in, right? It's, it's nothing, it's not rocket science. So, and that's why I think I really relate to building too. Um, and I think it's just, it's just part of our family. We always talk about building and my dad's a civil engineer. He built, he does uh, project management for roads and, and um, communities and, and nursing stations. So I've been part of that even before I got into it officially, we'll say in 2011. So. Wow. It's kind of a long-winded history of where I've been. No, but that's quite the background, and I agree with you. I mean, I'm, uh, computers are, are certainly a hobby of mine as well. And uh, you know, building a, a well-performing computer, there's a lot of uh, interplay between different systems. And uh, homes are like an even more complicated version of that. Uh, so, and, and nowadays, obviously, with performance codes and with a lot of the smart home systems, I mean, homes are becoming a lot more technically similar to uh, to computers as well. So that's a really interesting uh, kind of entry into the uh the, the market um when you were doing the renovations on the, your home and deciding hey i really like building what made you want to branch out into your own company instead of maybe uh, joining an established company um i think it's just the, it's in my blood again as being an entrepreneur building for myself building for uh building for yourself has a different feeling than working for a customer you know customers are kind of can be a bit of a a struggle at times and I, we didn't want to take that direction to begin with we had some properties we renovated and we just kind of use that as a springboard and then start building for ourselves so to build for other people right off the hop i don't know if it would be fair to them or to ourselves so we just started out small very holistic just from the ground up take a house down do an infill right typical small uh 1000 2000 square foot infill we did uh on average about two to four for per year and then after about six years, then people started asking us to build for them. And we kind of almost relu reluctantly said yes. <laughs> like, I think on one of your podcasts, someone said, I'm a, I'm a recovering home builder. It, it's a challenge working for people and building homes because everybody wants, you know, everything tweaked their way. And, and it's, it's a definite challenge. So I think we became mature and accepted that challenge and we started building for other people. And it's given us us opportunity to perform and learn about better products and, and give them stuff that they didn't even know they wanted in the house and to kind of step into energy code and to the new passive house designs that are coming out and provide you know better homes that are, that are out there typically because let's say a track home builder all they know is a two by six wall insulation and we realize that that's that's outdated um i talk about that a lot on my instagram i even have it as a feed in my stories there about how we should we should be building better because uh, at the end of the day the customer is going to buy something for 10 20 30 40 intergenerational we're not sure right so i think that's where we were accepting to start building for other people after after a time being so we haven't done a personal project for quite a while now 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, the title of the podcast is Better Construction and, uh, you know, improving the way that we build, improving our built environment and the way that we build is is a big part of what I talk about. I'm curious, uh, doing those projects kind of for yourselves uh, from the start, what were some of the biggest learning takeaways for you during that uh, kind of time period within the company? I think it's kind of like you want to start pushing a broom, right? So when we started building for ourselves, it's from it's from the ground up. It's very holistic. So we learned on our own dime, our own mistakes. We we uh, had architects and designers we work closely with, and still to this date, um, the challenges at every step, just from you know from budget to the completion, and, and what's the asking price in that area to what you can then design back and build to to meet that area, right? So. It'd be nice to just build everything out, out of uh, aerogel, right? If you know that product, it's, you can't. It's too expensive. It's not realistic. So I would say we've learned how to budget towards the builds as best as we can, and then use the best technology available, you know, within our market, right? It's it's nice to say let's going to get European windows and do all that, like uh, people on YouTube, but it's just not realistic. So how to kind of reverse engineer from your budget, and that's what we we really learned the hard way. And I think that's what it's just natural progression to be a builder because there's it's a lot of moving parts and components, unforeseen circumstances, soil conditions. Maybe you have to go from a certain uh, foundation to a different one that you didn't plan for when you go and excavated. I mean, that's just the, the nimble life of a builder, right? You have to be flexible. So I think grassroots learning from the, from the ground up. No, but that's important. I mean, I think a lot of the people listening to it to are, you know, either builders or starting out, maybe thinking of starting their own company, it's important for these kind of lessons learned to be passed along. You did talk about kind of the interplay of budget and performance and kind of finding a balance there. How how do you work with your clients now to kind of encourage them to build better, but also get them the maybe the finishes and different things that they're typically interested in from the start? Right. I always like to say build to your budget. I mean, that's pretty pretty straightforward and the other thing too is you are as a builder uh we have to protect our clients from what they don't know right so they, they don't know that to build a little bit better put a little more money and invest a little more into the envelope let's say or the the mechanical system pay dividends so uh it's kind of you can really dive into that question i, I feel it's per per client um what their short-term long-term requirements are what their budget is and then their, their flexibility and understanding to the builds. If they just said, Sean, build me a house. I want to come out there in, in six months and start living in it. And this is how much I have and I don't want to be involved. Then I'll do to my best ability to that budget to build to that. Right. And I'll go above code, obviously, because it's not a realistic thing to build that code anymore. It's not uh, respectable to the environment in my mind because you're just wasting people's money and, and uh, our natural resources because code is just too minimal it really is so I, I take their budget we go back we work with our architect we try to either downsize the house and, and get it to a point where it's as energy efficient and within their within what their needs and wants are so it's a line item thing really right you start breaking it down you have to look at each line item and say well maybe we can cut on the flooring a little bit more a little more exterior insulation and, and below slab insulation and that will provide more than let's say the granite countertops right so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and for, for anyone listening, maybe who doesn't know where uh, Winnipeg is, I mean, you build in a very extreme environment. It's extremely cold in the winter and it's quite right. hot in the summer. And, uh, you know, I, I like the idea of kind of protecting the client's investment in their home. 
Yeah, exactly. We're protecting their, their interests because they don't know. That's not their job. That's my job to research the best wall assembly um, and to build to our, our region. We're in like 7A, which is insanely cold. We went to, I think yesterday we were at, I think it was plus 20, went to minus 20 overnight. So that's a total like a swing, right? So, I mean, we have winters, winters up to minus 40, 50 with our wind chill. Like that's, that's extreme, right? So uh, we, have to, we have to be prudent in what we design because otherwise you're just going to waste people's money. You're wasting resources, natural resources. It doesn't make sense. So we do our best to look out for them, whether they know it or not. It's just ingrained in us now. So especially because when you build from yourself, you know what you're, uh, what, what, what you're coming from and what your weaknesses are. So I think that's, like I said, the holistic way of doing it for yourself and then for other people and, and then having good people around you. That's the best way to go. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me as well. And I, I like you, you kind of started talking about how, you know, it's your responsibility as a builder to learn and, and research these new technologies. How do you decide uh, what you want to learn more about and what to kind of investigate further? Are there certain resources that you go to, like when a new standard or new to you standard comes out? Um, how do you decide what to dive further into and, and what to, to maybe not spend so much time on? Yeah, I mean, we have to follow the energy code. That's a good resource. That's a starting point. Um, I think our energy conservation and modeling uh, journey started with Manitoba Hydro. We are one of the energy efficient builders. So through that program, you get paired up with an energy advisor who we lean into for a lot of our very technical questions or there's just a wealth of knowledge because they're a trade consultant you can use. So you can hire them, hire them yourself. I mean, if anybody's listening and saying, like, how do I get involved with somebody who is, you know, actually a professional in this industry, you look for energy advisors. They're out there. They're everywhere. And you can hire them on a consulting basis. But through Manitoba Hydro in Winnipeg here, they provide that. So we are we cooperate with them and we do the, usually the performance path, which is modeling the house to a higher standard. And then we actually get rebates. So long winded question is we use our energy advisor for it. But then again, like you have to ask yourself, what kind of builder do you want to be? Do you want to just be a track home builder or do you want to build better for your customers every day? And if you say yes, the latter, then you have to take it upon yourself and which I have done and everybody in our office. We're just a learning organization. So we always encourage our carpenters, our office staff, uh, the owners to be always learning about new code, new products, new techniques, um, new tools to do, do the job. Uh, to help and support our carpenters and uh, labor on site. So you have to be curious. Like this stuff is changing daily. I mean, we're looking for net zero 2030. We're going to have new techniques and processes in place on how to air seal at a garage door where it meets the slab. I mean, right now we're just letting it go outside if you keep that thing. So you're going to have to be keeping up to date with it. Um, one of the best resources I like to use is my manufacturer. I use AMC Foam here. They're a manufacturer of Logics, ICF, uh, and their own EPS products. So they're a great resource. I always call their rep and bounce ideas off. And I want to do this footing. I want to insulate it. How should we do this? What PSI of foam? So I use my my manufacturers um, and just always diving into the internet. There's tons of resources out there to, to self-teach. Um, I'm up late at night reading about building science <laughs> like my friday nights can be uh, drawing a, a wall assembly because i was trying to think of a better way of doing something with a two by four wall right so i think it's just a personal tenacity and interest so i think that's where that comes from 
Yeah. Oh, that's that's fantastic. And I mean, it's always nice to see a builder that has that kind of passion for both building, but also kind of learning and improving. Um, one thing that you mentioned in there was, you know, the, the different online resources that are available. Obviously, one area that uh, you're uh, you have a bit of focus on and certainly a good following on is, is on Instagram. And there seems to be a lot of builders on Instagram using it to trade, uh, you know, ideas for different walls, etc. What made you decide to get into Instagram in the first place? Instagram for me started kind of as a bit of a hobby. I mean, I, I didn't like show and tell as a kid and then I became an adult and all of a sudden Instagram came out and I thought, this is kind of cool. I can show what my passion is. I'm a very passionate person. If you can hear it in my voice, I just, I love what I do. And then Instagram kind of just, match to it there's a lot of people on instagram you can see that in their voice and what they present it's just their passion so i just naturally gravitated towards it because i could show my everyday improvements struggles just the real life of a general contractor and uh, i think that's why people connect to it and i also like to just pop in there the fun stuff like you know you have memes and whatnot and uh, i'm i did like a i like this one poster i had played in reverse uh, about your hammer coming back to you like Star Wars uh, May 4th, right? So, I mean, you kind of have fun with it. That's the, the interesting thing about Instagram. But again, it is a neat resource. There's a lot of really good um, accounts on there that haven't been on there before when I started. I think I, I started 2015 or 14 as soon as Instagram came out. And there wasn't uh, like one of the really good ones is um, uh, Construction Fight Club. And she does a great uh, post. Like her, her stuff is just top notch and a great resource to follow. And she's now, I think, providing classes. So there's, like, like I said, Instagram is a great place for entertainment and education. I wouldn't say it's my sole uh, database for where I'm learning everything, but it's definitely one of the fun ones. Um, yeah. So my Instagram was just more of a, a place to show my passion. And that's how I came to, I guess, just grow it naturally and just tenacity. I think I have like 2000 posts on there. Uh, lately, I've been a little busy and preoccupied. I haven't posted much, but it's something that takes work and interest. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, I think uh, the, the passion for it and the, the honesty that comes through in your posts, I think it's a big part of it. I mean, for anyone who doesn't follow you on Instagram, obviously go and follow, but you know, you have close to 27,000 followers now. Uh, so that's, you know, not something that gets built up uh, just because that's, you know, there's a lot of work involved in that. But I think, you know, like you said, that the passion and the honesty for what you do definitely helps contribute to that. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, it's, it's a good place to just go out there and just share what you're learning. And maybe if you have a struggle, you know, I mean, struggles and improvements, like uh, another interesting thing of, we try to like say we're a learning organization because that comes from lean principles. If you're aware of that, I post that on my Instagram. Lean is, a, a, it's just, um, it's a, it's a tool, it's a resource coined by Toyota. If you dive into them, they created the Toyota production system or TPS it's called. And one of those things is continuous learning and improvement. And Instagram is a great resource to share your improvements, share your struggles and uh, relate to it. So that's why I love Instagram. It's just one, one great place for that. Awesome. Well, as I get uh, towards the end of these podcasts, there's always two questions that I ask. Uh, the first one is kind of a fun question because you get a magic wand for it. But uh, if you had that magic wand and you could remove one misconception about better construction, uh, what would it be for you? Ooh, oh, there's, there's, there's too many. I want a wand for everything. <laughs> uh, biggest misconception is that building efficient is more expensive. It's not. Uh, there's, there's great ways to build energy efficient conscious uh, than you know of, and it just takes a bit of education to get you there. 
So that'd be my first magic wand. Perfect. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, and the last question I always ask is a personal interest question for me. I read and collect a lot of books. And so if you were to recommend a book right now, personal or professional, uh, which one would it be for you? Uh, I'll say personal. Angels and Demons. That's a great one. Good one to escape right now if you're looking for somewhere to go. And then professional. I really like Paul Aker's stuff. He does a two-second lean. He actually has a few other books on there. I think Travel, Two-Second Travel, Two-Second Health. And then one other one is Abolish Sloppiness. And that's fantastic. Those re- those books you can read in uh, one evening. They're, they're just awesome little books to read. I think if you're looking to learn about lean, two second lean is the great starting point. And then after that, one more I'll throw in there. The third one is the Toyota production system, TPS. You can read that book. It's fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. hundred percent agree. I haven't heard of two second lean before though. So I'm definitely going to check that one out. One. Well, Sean, thanks so much for your time being on the show today. For everyone listening, I'm going to put links to uh, Sean's social media as well as his company website. You can follow along there to see the uh, projects that they're working on and the learnings that he's running into. And with that, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Great. Thanks very much. Appreciate it, Sean. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening to this week's episode of Better Construction. I really appreciate you taking the time to do so. If you have any questions for myself or the guest, you feel free to reach out on social media or on the website at uh, www.betterconstructionmedia.com. And with that, we'll talk again next time.